To our, time, to our time at Sundance Film Festival, which feels like eons ago, to uh, a little film, a documentary, if you will, called The Brink. It's about uh, that guy called Steve Bannon. <laughs> I don't even know what to call him. Uh, but it's directed by a woman. Her name's Allison Clayman, who also directed the documentary a few years ago about Ai Weiwei, which I, I love that documentary. And I yeah. Love Ai Weiwei. Right. And uh, we had a really, really, a real, real good conversation with Allison. Um, the one thing that I loved, and I think it's in the interview, it is an interview that she brought up was, uh, and I and I said it should be a hashtag: White women love Steve Bannon. <laughs> I remember her saying that, and I told yeah. her that should be the hashtag of the film. She probably didn't listen to me. It's fine, Allison. But uh, I just I can't and imagine got to see the actual film. Yeah, I just uh, but just. In the context of her last work being yeah. Ai Weiwei, Never Sorry. Uh, and then after that, following Steve Bannon for however <laughs> long she did. Just yeah. just the stark, stark contrast. For those of you that don't know, Ai, Ai Weiwei is a, a Chinese contemporary artist and activist, very critical Political. of mm-hmm. the Chinese government and um, their stance on democracy and human rights. And so a very opposite end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Steve Bannon is also a rebel in his own sense, so I in guess, his own mind, I yeah. guess there are some similarities there. But he really, he really believed that believes that he's doing the Lord's work. He says this, mm. and does um, he believe it, or is it just making him money? I, I don't know. I mean, he says it, yeah. But um, and not only here, but in the EU, that was that was something that was really interesting that mm. I learned is like he wasn't only making waves here; he was going to the EU and 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 trying to fuck with the races out there, and it's just. His reach was wide, and he's not somebody to be overlooked. You know, hopefully, he will soon be inmate number three hundred six seven two. A couple but, years, yeah. <laughs> right, they get two years. Yeah. Those kinds of those guys, you know, they're fine. But it was it was stressful to watch, but I think really important because these are people to not overlook, to be taken seriously, and mm-hmm. and we need to know the psyche behind what's going on in our country. Well, and then, so this was one of those films where the night before I looked at Ange, I'm like, okay, should I watch this? Should I not watch it? With Sundance, with the link, she's like, you're just going to get real angry. I don't want you to watch it. I'm well, like, the right. thing is, what happened was, it's not because I didn't want you to watch it because it wasn't good, but we had to, <laughs> yeah. all all of us, there were three of us as hosts, as mm-hmm. as you hopefully know by now, Aaron, myself, and J- Mr. John Wildman. Wildman. Mm-hmm. appropriately named yes <laughs> and uh you know our goal was to all watch every film but there's just not enough time in the day so we would say okay who has watched what and let's uh, split the difference right um, so i had already watched the brink <laughs> so i was like okay you watch this one that i haven't seen so yeah. it wasn't because i didn't think you should watch it i definitely think people I'm gonna need to wa- watch I'm this i'm totally gonna watch it but also i was just i'll watch this one because i don't want to see you crying and stressed out anymore why don't you go watch a comedy I, that, probably co- <laughs> that probably didn't happen. That probably didn't happen. I was probably in the corner crying <laughs> about the endangered whatever the Even fuck. Even the comedies made us cry. Yeah. Jesus. Every night at Sundance <laughs> or every morning, there was some kind of 
sad <laughs> emoji happening. <laughs> Aaron telling me that she couldn't watch a movie because she was crying. During our interviews, somebody gets choked up. Oh, uh, yeah. By, by the way, uh, holler back to our interview with Lulu Wong. Oh, that moment when she starts talking about her grandma. If yeah. you haven't listened to it, please go back in our archive. It's only a couple of episodes back. Yeah. Uh, talking about the farewell. But yeah, I mean, hey, we, we get choked up. We got choked up at Sundance. And that's what art is supposed to do. It's supposed to make you feel yep. whatever way that is. Yeah. And and I think that also I just want to say I'm so happy that we have these interviews and we got to speak to all these really powerfully talented women. Yeah. For women. And, and, the, and we're able to put shine a light on them for Women's Month. Yeah. That's so fucking cool. We didn't plan this. No, yeah. it planned itself. It planned us. <laughs> yes, yeah, I was. I was just having some uh, conversation. Somebody was asking me how Sundance went, and and this and that. And I was talking about how we did all these interviews. And you know, like when you're doing these interviews and you're in the thick of it, and you're at Sundance, you don't know what's going to happen to some of these. Some of them we do. Some of them we knew they were going to be released. Yep. Or uh, or didn't know. We knew they'd be bought. We just didn't know what that right. looked like. And some of them already had like release dates on Netflix or whatnot. But um, there's a handful of them, like this one in particular, that like were picked up and are having like the farewell that are you know gonna have you know theater release dates and stuff like that. And it's kind of cool that we kind of we can say, and that was kind of our goal, I think, is like who knows who we're gonna be talking to yep. that are gonna be the next big thing. It was the right. it was the gamble of like, well, well yep, you roll the dice and yep, then, you know, let's see. and you know, you take fifty interviews and. <laughs> And you, and you shake them up and then you <laughs> spill them out and you got a Women's History Month uh, theme. Well, and that's another thing. Like, you don't just go for, oh, who are the biggest names we can get? Right. Because don't you don't, you, you can get an amazing interview out of anyone. You just never know. Yeah. It's like a box of chocolates. Um, that's always been, that's always been kind of my thing when people are, I, I think I've, you know, shared this story a bazillion times before, but, you know, you... You don't have to go for the big name just because, you know, case in point, you know, Barry Jenkins. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, uh, by the way, go ahead. Case in point, Barry yeah, Jenkins. No, well, I'll no, let I'm you just finish saying, it. I, I, my, I've, I've told this story before, but it's like when I was working at another station, and I was yep. working for a major station in San, San Francisco, Francisco, and I pitched to the morning, like as a producer of the morning show, going, hey, let's do this. My program director said, I don't like, I think you're not thinking big enough. And so I was like, all right, well, then we won't have that person on. And I, we, and then look what happened. We booked him for Radio Rehab. We booked him for Bitch Talk. And guess what? It was, uh, he's an Oscar winner. Also, uh, as I do my stalking through Instagram and like, who's hanging out? Barry Jenkins was at Sundance, by the way. Was he really? Hanging Uh, out at the farewell party. Do with, we just with vac- Lulu? Do I just vacation at all the same places as Barry Jenkins? There's now? some kind of weird cause. <laughs> Although thing. I wouldn't call Sundance a vacation for us. No, it was not a vacation. But it, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. But that was not, not a vacation. A vacation. <laughs> no. <laughs> but he was. Th- I just. I don't know where they came up. Oh, I was looking for pictures for of Lulu for Instagram, and then I did Lulu went uh, Wong at Sundance I, and all these photos were coming up with her actually, and fucking Barry that, I think I saw that too because I was looking I was looking for the same thing for artwork yes <laughs> oh man anyways Barry we, you will be back on the show we're gonna talk about the brink 
now. Well, yeah, we're like Barry Jenkins yeah. adjacent. People, everything, pe- everything we, we, do we do is just like yes. he's right there at the table next to us. Well, people at Sundance. 2020 better beware because we're a little bit more seasoned now. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> you have no idea. We're, we're coming with a plan. You have no to idea. A, a plan of attack. We, we, I, I, we had our conference call with the team, you know, a few weeks ago. And I was, two weeks ago. And I, I said, I was like, we, you know, the three of us walked into the yeah. dance 2019, like deer in headlights going, let it just wash over us. Let's see what happens. Take it, yeah. And now that uh, we've uh, we've got that under our belt, and uh, we we know a little bit more. I think, uh, yeah, twenty twenty, beware. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in real hot. All I'm gonna say. Remember how we came in hot on Peppa? Peppa. That's gonna be us at Sundance next year. <laughs> the whole time. Coming in real hot. Um, anyways, let's uh, let's talk to Allison, director of The Brink, uh, featuring Steve Bannon. Uh, hashtag White Women Love Steve Bannon, and uh, we'll see you on the flip side. We are back on the Festival Daily Buzz with Bitch Talk Podcast. My name is John Wildman, here with the Bitch Talk co-hosts Aaron Lim and Angela Tabora. Our segment here is about The Brink. Uh, it's a documentary screening at Sundance. We have our director, Allison Clayman. Allison, welcome to the show. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Thanks, okay, guys. Okay, Allison, tell <laughs> us about Explain yourself, The Brink. Allison. Explain yourself. So when I was here uh, at Sundance last year, I had already started filming The Brink. Um, I followed Steve Bannon around from right after he left the White House through to the midterm. So it was about October 2017 to November 2018. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the whole project was basically to see... Uh, what he was focusing on. Not to, you know, I think interviewing someone, you know, he's an important guy. And figuring out what he's about um, in a combative interview style is really limited because um, he kind of thrives on that. Um, He also isn't honest and he'll, you know, duck and weave and change the subject. Um, But, you know, he is someone who, uh, you know, is very, very active. So to see what he's working on who he's meeting with, you know, where he's going, you know, the, the, the actions, you know, you can't spin that. It is what mm-hmm. it is. Um, and so I was able to get access and kind of uh, insert myself. And so the whole film is cinema verite, um, you know, no talking heads, no interviews. Mm-hmm. And it ends up following, you know, his quest to build this far right uh, global movement. I, I guess my first question is how how no. did he let you do this? Uh, we're all huge fans of Ai Weiwei, Never mm-hmm. Sorry. Just such a great film. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. How why did he let you do this? <laughs> well, the, the like first answer to that is like I mean I don't know. Like I guess you'd have to ask him. I think you know fundamentally on many questions about him for as intimate of a portrait. You know, I'll put air quotes, but like intimate of a portrait as this is. You know, I don't know what's in his heart, and I don't know why he does what he does. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I just know what he does, and he agreed to it. Um, you know, I think in part there's ego, you know, being approached mm-hmm. and being told, you know, there's going to be an opportunity to have a, uh, you know, 
prestigious, culturally relevant documentary made about you. And he also someone who, part of his background, he's had many lives in the Navy and Goldman Sachs, but also in the entertainment industry. And I think right. that um, mm. being interested in culture, you know, it, it was something that it appealed to something that was already there for him. I mean, he, he, he is a, you could say, a failed producer, mm-hmm. uh, film producer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, 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 and once you've, you know, you've had a taste of that, it's hard to get it out of you that 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 desire to you know for someone to, to give you that kind of feedback. I was wrong. You know, it's funny that that, that uh, the Brink and Where's My Roy Cohn and the sa- at the at the same festival. <laughs> yes, we were, I was just on a panel with Matt last night for the Atlantic, it, uh, the it, director of Where's My yeah, Roy Cohn. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's fascinating because both both films are kind of um, uh, almost like warnings to us all yes. about two guys. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so, and, and I, I really wanted to, to have you weigh in as a filmmaker. Um, yes, a cinema verite approach, but, you know, but it's a cinema verite approach with your eyeballs on it. A hundred percent. And I think that that's really important. What you're seeing is what I think is the truest distillation of him as I witnessed and I experienced over the last year. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is a, it's a I think it's a very fair portrayal that, again, is what he was promised too. it's like not cheap shots. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it it is what it is. And it's, you know, hundreds of hours and a year's worth of time curated down into 90 minutes. Um, and I think that's very different than just giving someone the space to, you know, say what they want to say. I think it's like a study of how they say things, how they operate. Um, and you know, for me, my biggest takeaway is, you know, this was the the central tension of this entire thing, both of making the film, but also the experience of shooting it, is thinking about how, you know, is this guy an a, like an a evil genius mastermind, pup, you know, pulling the strings? That was kind of his uh, reputation when I first met him. You know, it's like this is the guy that gave us Donald Trump, um, and and sort of I was. I, I wasn't sure that it w- was like that because as soon as you get up close, you see the organization is kind of uh, it, it, a little bit slapdash, disorganized. Like you're in there, you're like, I don't think this is like a mastermind <laughs> situation. <laughs> but then, and, but then, on, and, and truthfully, I, when I started, I was like, great, this one of my inspirations was Veep. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. kind of yep, shooting yeah, it like yeah. it was Veep. But on the flip side, <laughs> well. I, I don't, I don't think certainly the conclusion is not to then. Only, you know, you can laugh with him or at him, but it's not to dismiss his importance. And so it's like always carrying this tension and like this balance of like, how do you not, uh, you know, prop him up and give him more credit than he deserves, but also how do you make clear that there is a warning here and there's something very, very dangerous. And I think that like the answer is kind of in this tension and like the film like lives in this tension. Um, So, you know, Roy Cohn has been you know, dead for a few decades. So Mm -hmm. also the, you know, people can kind of weigh in on what they think the legacy is. And I think Bannon, Bannon, you know, Roy Cohn really was this behind the scenes, you know, uh, power broker. And Bannon is is something different. Um, (laughs) And Mm -hmm. one of the things he is is a master messenger, right? Um, And that is something that you see a lot in the film too. Um, So then that again becomes the question, is his power itself like part of his message? Like, is he trying to sell the world 
on his power. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, and I'd put it more in the Lee Atwater category. Yeah. You know, it, it, as far as that, um, how, how they affect the political spectrum. And I also think with a guy like Bannon, um, as opposed to uh, Roy Cohn, that they're much more a reflection of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, 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 and our current state of what we're respond to, what we're, you know, so to speak, attracted to. Um, uh, I hate to say that yeah. with Steve Bannon, but, you uh, know. No, and it's true. I mean, like the whole, you know, another important thing of this film was not for it to just be like, you know, narrow tunnel vision all about Steve Bannon. It was right. like, how is Steve Bannon like an entree to understanding something about us right now and the world right, right now? Globally. Yeah, yeah, and where things are headed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to me, it was the experience of making it, again, because it's it's verite as opposed to looking back on things that have happened. I mean, you don't always know what the significance of the events you're filming are. But, you know, from going around in the U.S. and, you know, you're seeing these, there's lines of people waiting to take photos with him, which, again, from my side of the political mm-hmm. spectrum mm-hmm. was, like, shocking in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kept joking there could be a, subtitle for the movie it's like white women love Steve Bannon but like people just I thought that's the hashtag there are a lot of people who like really oh, are enamored man. of him in the US <sighs> and then and then internationally you know I'd, I really fought hard to get access to you know I tried to like be in the room when things were happening and it was true meetings and not just for my benefit or for the camera and you know when you sit there and he's convening uh, you know f- members of far-right parties from various countries and they're having a dinner in a five-star hotel over wine talking about, you know, dismantling the EU and, you know, how they see a potential path to it through the EU elections in 2019. I mean, at the end of that night, I was just like, what did I just witness? Like, did I, you know, I like, I remember I called my husband. I was like, either I just was like at the Wan C conference or I just like, you know, watched a bunch of people have dinner. Like, I'm not really sure. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I think that's, again, like the power of Verity. And it did feel like documenting history, but without getting, being enamored of the access itself or like thinking that everything I saw had to be important because I was filming it. Like, I felt very skeptical about everything I saw. Yeah, that that was going to be a, a, a my question for you is how were you treated in, in, within this community, um, especially under the guise of fake news, fake media? You're walking around a woman with a camera. Yeah. They weren't maybe weren't sure of your political beliefs, but how were you treated by this community? And did you ever were you ever so angry or you know how did yeah. you, how were you able to separate yourself? Totally, I'm like feeling it all as you're like talking about it. I mean, I was not undercover. I a hundred percent. It was you know certainly to to Bannon and his core team who like knew me. I mean, he would joke to me, "Oh, my Brown University lefty commie, you know, flaming, you know, whatever." Like he he was you know kind of but in a nice way. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was like, yeah, call me a lefty, great. Like, I, and it also made me feel good that you know he knew where I was coming from, Mm -hmm. you know, expected that I was there um, to be critical. But because it was flying the wall, like my job was not to like speak up every time I thought a falsehood was said or some, you know, or even I watched people and I wished, you know, a journalist pushed back more or whatever it is. I mean, it really was a lot of like biting your tongue over time because he and I did have conversations. You know, we started to there are a few things where 
I let us argue because I also wanted to see if I could push him because I watched so many different people come and push him because he did do a lot of interviews over the course of the last year. He became very much someone who people were willing to have on shows, do hour long, you know, interviews with Mm -hmm. him. And I, you know, so I, I did kind of test the waters a little bit. But for the most part, I felt like my job was not to put so much of myself out there and really just observe. And to be honest, that was hard. Uh, and you know, I tried to have some time on and time off, but his team was very nice to me. Like they didn't see me as the enemy, um, but you know, they could control when I could film and when I couldn't film. That was kind of, you know, the way it worked. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a lot of time left, but I also would love to have you talk about the editing process for a film like this because of, the, of your approach. That, that takes on a different air when you're in the editing bay. Totally, and I think um, because uh, we finished it very, very fast, which was another big challenge, um, but I think I had such clarity, if I can say so myself, but there was, I had such clarity of purpose by the time we got to the end of the year because working on this was constantly asking myself, like, what am I doing here, and what is the value of this, and this better be worth it. Certainly it was like a painful experience mm-hmm. to go around the world by myself doing this. I was like, you know, it has to be worth it. So I feel like once we got to the edit, and I knew we were, no matter what, going to finish really fast, um, you know, I had to already have a have a sense of what we're doing. And because it's a year and I knew we were going to end at the midterms, there ended up being kind of like, you know, and it's verite, you kind of know what the arc is going to be. Um, and part of how we made things happen fast was throwing more bodies at it. So I worked with two editors. Um, and then once I stopped filming, kind of was a co-editor as well. And they agreed to work in Premiere so that, because I was like, I can't work in Avid, I just don't know it. Um, so they were willing to work in Premiere so we could all work together. And every day we were all like working on different parts of the movie or trading things back and forth. And I feel really lucky that, you know, we turned around a lot of cuts in a short amount of time, but it always looked like the movie I had imagined in my head. Mm-hmm. And I really do think it's because I just spent so much time thinking about what what am I doing here? I really had such a clear idea of what I had and what it should be by the time, you know, the midterms ended and I took the mic back from him at like 2 a.m. Okay. <laughs> wow. And scene. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Drop the mic. Well, the film is The Brink. We've been talking to Allison Kleeman, the director of the film. And Allison, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was Allison Kleeman the director of The Brink, featuring Steve Bannon. Uh, Love Him him or Hate Him, he's featured, and uh, Magnolia Pictures actually picked up this film, and it will be releasing at the end of this month in March. So congrats. Congrats to Allison. Oh, sorry. Finishing finishing sandwiches. Um, (laughs) All right, Frozen. Yeah, so Allison... You're a real badass, and she's just not afraid. From Ai Weiwei to Steve Bannon, what is she going to do next? It's just—I don't know. It's pretty cool. I don't know because these are both controversial political people. Yeah, um, she aims di- high we'll in different say. countries. Yeah, uh, and she's young. She's young, right? And so, I mean, I can't wait. Who else will she be covering? Uh, I she could do the big T. I don't know. T paid. No. Yeah, T Pain. <laughs> the mask the mass singer. Oh God. We haven't even talked. Anyways. <laughs> I didn't watch oh, it. Oh. <laughs> Maybe she'll follow New Kids on the Block. I don't know. That's my documentary. They should Anyways. change their name to Old Kids on the Block, don't you think? Or New Men on the Block or something? 
It's just in KOTB. Okay, just right. get it together. Well, what's a K word for old men? New. Anyway, so that was oh. Allison Clayman. <laughs> uh, again, congratulations to her. On Thursday, we have another Sundance interview uh, with the director, producer of Behind the Bullet, Heidi Human. And uh, and the and, subject, Will Little. Well, yeah, Will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, in the meantime, can you please go to our uh, com and look up our past episodes, uh, 320, I don't know anymore. Uh, but please listen to those, download. Uh, subscribe. Subscribe, tell your friends, comment, rate, all of those good things that you should be doing. It really helps so much. We've been around for years and years. Years. And we are, years. we're the old kids on the block. <laughs> and years. And years. I'm going to come up with a good name for that. No. Anyway, it really makes a difference when you yep. do things like that, and it only takes a minute. One minute, literally one minute. You can do that at lunch. Just do it. Anyways, on the toilet, whatevs. On the toilet in the morning when you don't want to do. You have else. a few minutes. We all know you have a few <laughs> minutes. Do you really need to be on Twitter and get angry that early in the morning? Yeah, that's me. Anyways, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, and we will see you on Thursday. Bitch, please. <laughs>